Welcome to Astronomy Daily for the 29th of May 2023. We've got some uh, interesting things for you this afternoon or this evening or this morning, wherever you might be catching us. We're going to be talking about NASA's interesting influences on our daily life, some interesting inventions and uh, developments that they've dumped on us over the years, as well as something that China has been developing and uh, it's been flying over our heads for the last nine months. Interesting and strange. Yes, indeed. I'm your host, Steve Dunkley, for this afternoon. And would you welcome Hallie, our digital reporter? Hi, Hallie. Hi, Steve. Did you find some interesting stories for us today? Yes, let's get into it. An asteroid that may host life's building blocks will get a visit from a United Arab Emirates spacecraft about a decade from now, if all goes according to plan. In October 2021, the UAE announced that it plans to launch an ambitious mission to the asteroid belt in 2028. That mission will visit seven different space rocks, and even land on one of them, an asteroid called 269 Justitia. Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum bin Rashid Al Maktoum, the vice president and prime minister of the UAE and the ruler of Dubai, said in a statement that we will never cease to look ahead. We will never cease our efforts to develop a brighter future for our young generations. The EMA spacecraft will be named after the Sheikh. It will be called the MBR Explorer and will visit its first asteroid in 2030 and will follow an orbital path allowing it to pick up speed from several planets along the way. It's common for spacecraft to get such a gravity assists from worlds like Venus or Mars to save on fuel, and to do side observations to test their instruments. After passing by six asteroids, the mission aims to touch down upon Justitia in 2034 with a small lander that it deploy. Justitia may have organic molecules on its surface. Organics are the building blocks of the complex molecules that could form life in the right circumstances. The Airbus-built Arabsat Badr 8 telecommunications satellite has been successfully launched from Cape Canaveral of Florida. Based on Airbus' latest geostationary Eurostar NEO satellite, Badr 8 will provide connectivity for users across Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Central Asia. The spacecraft is also equipped with a world-first, Airbus Innovative Space Demonstrator Telio to provide space to ground optical communications at gigabit speeds. The Telio Demonstrator payload is designed to facilitate very high-capacity optical feeder link communications, playing a crucial role in Airbus development of a new generation of optical communications technology in space. Featuring increased payload capacity and more efficient power and thermal control systems, Badr 8 will replace and increase Arabsat's capacity. I was wondering when we were going to see some new lunar vehicles. Here we go, Steve. NASA is seeking industry proposals for a next-generation LTV lunar terrain vehicle that will allow astronauts to go farther and conduct more science than ever before as they explore the south polar region of the moon during Artemis missions. Artemis astronauts will drive to explore and sample more of the lunar surface using the LTV than they could on foot. NASA will contract LTV as a service from industry rather than owning the rover. 
Contracting services from industry partners allows NASA to leverage commercial innovation and provide the best value to U.S. taxpayers, while achieving its human spaceflight scientific and exploration goals. We want to leverage industry's knowledge and innovation, combined with NASA's history of successfully operating rovers, to make the best possible surface rover for our astronaut crews and scientific researchers, said Lara Kearney manager of NASA's Extravehicular Activity and Human Surface Mobility Program at the agency's Johnson Space Center in Houston. The LTV will function like a cross between an Apollo-style lunar rover and a Mars-style uncrewed rover. It will support phases driven by astronauts and phases as an uncrewed mobile science exploration platform, similar to NASA's Curiosity and Perseverance Mars rovers. This will enable continued performance of science even when crews are not present on the lunar surface. Artemis astronauts will use the LTV to traverse the lunar surface and transport scientific equipment, extending the distances they can cover on each moonwalk. And that's the short takes for today. Have you got something interesting and weird to share, Steve? Yes, I did find a couple of interesting stories, and this one involves uh, the kinds of things that NASA have developed over the years and brought into our lives. I don't know why they're releasing this information at the moment. I think they're trying to play catch-up with all of the millionaires out there making such wonderful headlines. Let's have a look at what they're saying. Now, although basic water filters had been in existence since the 1950s, it wasn't until NASA pumped... Uh, resources into uh, the research for the Apollo program. In 1963, modern filtration systems began to emerge and NASA led research into this area as large quantities of water, they say, would need to be kept uncontaminated for long periods of time. I wonder what they were planning. And uh, they needed to keep them clean in extreme conditions. So... NASA developed a system that worked by utilising charcoal's ability to absorb pollutants and particulate matter present within the water when specially treated. And while technically NASA didn't invent the integrated circuit, which is credited to electrical engineer Jack Kirby in 1958, NASA did give us smaller and more advanced versions of it. It's often said that NASA kickstarted the microchip revolution by buying more than 60% of America's integrated circuits throughout the 60s, essentially causing the industry to go into a state of mass production while few other markets existed. Now, these chips were destined, destined for use as part of the navigation guidance computer systems aboard the Apollo and the command and lunar modules. Now, let's talk uh, about one of our favourite subjects, crash helmets. Uh, NASA's development of Tempophone foam, a shock-absorbing material designed for use in various aircraft cushions, was also used in helmets and seats of Apollo spacecraft and helped to mitigate the extreme forces the astronauts were subjected to. Temper foam was released to the public sphere in the early 80, 1980s, soon being picked up and utilised in medical equipment such as temper foam mattresses and sports equipment such as uh, football helmets and uh, of course, motorcycle helmets. Now, one notable breakthrough uh, was NASA's collaboration with a tool company, Black & Decker. Now, who would have guessed it? 
into a cordless zero-impact wrench, a tool that could spin bolts in zero gravity, presumably without spinning the astronaut in the other direction. The research program developed a cordless tool, or a variety of tools, uh, for a variety of purposes, including a cordless rotary hammer drill that could be used for extracting rock from the moon, uh, moon's surface. These days, its tech is common and widespread, with the many tools being cordless, running from a rechargeable battery. Uh, interestingly, it was directly from the research done by NASA in the 1960s that Black & Decker developed a cordless dustbuster handheld vacuum cleaner. Now, who hasn't owned one of those? I just wonder whether or not yours worked any better than mine did. Uh, anyone with eyeglasses will appreciate this little one. It's due to NASA's research that space visors are now coated with diamond-like co uh, carbon coatings that are applied in thin films to the outside of the visor and toughen it. An offshoot of this technology is available on Ray-Ban sunglasses, while Foster Grant historically bought the license to replicate early coatings to apply to its entire range. And while smoke detectors had been invented by Francis Robbins Upton in 1890, they weren't adjustable until NASA invented a model with variable sensitivity in 1973. The units were installed on Skylab to detect toxic vapours on board. And I wonder if they were going off while Skylab was coming down. A couple more include a dimpled surface, similar to that of a golf ball, on the shuttle's external fuel tank, allowing for a more efficient lift-to-drag ratio in flight. So if we ever do see our flying cars, maybe they should have a dimpled surface as well. Revamped multifunctional joysticks for lunar modules and lander rovers allowed for greater control of the vehicles utilising a simple control system. And who wouldn't want one of those? Now, China has finally brought its mysterious space plane back to Earth after a massive nine months in orbit. This is its second mission. Chinese state news reported that the success of this mission is a significant breakthrough in our country's research on reusable spacecraft technology. Unsurprisingly, the Chinese government has remained quiet about the craft's details of its design, its capabilities and performance. Much actual information about the mysterious space plane is hazy. Presently, there are experts who believe that the craft is much like the Boeing X-37B, a US space plane that debuted in 2010. Kevin Polpeter, a research scientist at the Centre for Naval Analysis, said that the X-37B sparked concern within the Chinese government over the craft's military potential. He said, it's possible that this spurred the country's space program, which is tied to its military, to start developing its own version. In a similar vein to the Boeing design, the Chinese space plane appears to be an unmanned vehicle and relatively small. It resembles a twin-tailed space shuttle-style craft, but the further details are difficult to discern. It probably flew first in September 2020, making a short two-day stint into orbit, probably a test. Its most recent mission 
began in August 2022 when it took off on a Long March 2F rocket from northern China. The exact purpose of that mission remains unclear. According to the Centre for Strategic and International Studies report, the craft released an object into orbit sometime in October. The object apparently disappeared in January, only to suddenly reappear on satellite tracking radar in March. Experts believe that this could indicate that the plane has some sort of satellite removal capability, such as a robotic arm. If that's the case, then the plane's primary purpose might be to repair damaged satellites or remove orbital debris. However, this does not rule out military capabilities, either for the Chinese space plane or for the X-37B. Until more details come out, however, the best we can do is speculate. And just like that, we've hit the end of another episode of Astronomy Daily. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate that you dropped in and uh, lent us your ear. Uh, don't forget to uh, check out all our past episodes at um, spacenuts.io. You can also check out our parent um, podcast, Space Nuts, with Andrew Dunkley and Professor Fred Watson at that same address. Come and say hi on the Space Nuts Facebook page and tell us all about what's happening in your skies. Yes, Hallie and I will be back next Monday and don't forget you can catch Tim on Friday and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again very soon. Bye for now. See you all next time. Monday, the podcast, with your host, Steve Dunkley.